Microsoft exposes 38 terabytes of private data. Nest is changing some abilities of adding speakers. iOS 17 is available and more on today's tech news. Google has made an update to its Nest Home speakers and that actually adds a limitation. Currently, if you can create speaker groups to have your devices, so for example, you could tell it to play music everywhere, so it plays on all your speakers around the house, or you could have it, for example, just play on the downstairs speakers and things like that. And this new change means that the speakers can only be placed in one group. So currently, I have all my devices in an everywhere group, and then I have several of those speakers on a downstairs group, and then several of those on an upstairs group. We don't know why this limitation, but the last time a limitation was placed which was controlling the music and all the devices in one go. It was because of a lawsuit, so it is highly likely that this is the reason for this change. What the article by 9to5Google does say is that if you have your speakers in multiple groups already, that they will continue to work for the time being, but any speakers that you add in from now on to your home won't be able to be placed in more than one group. Hopefully Google can get that sorted because that is a real poor limitation. Now also sticking to restrictions from Google. We reported yesterday that Google was actually stopping Google Meet and Zoom on the Nest Hub Max. Now the Nest Hub Max is a $229 speaker which has a camera on there. Now we actually had one of these previously and during the pandemic it was actually really good because we could make and receive video calls and speak to people. I used it with my family when I was in work and was able to communicate and then Zoom jumped in later on and added it. Now at the time it was Google Duo and then Google decided to kill that off and put it as Google Meet and there was lots of changes, quite confusing, old names were changed over and things like that. But now the changes are coming by about September 30th when Google Meet will no longer be available on there and neither will Zoom. Now this looks like it's a restriction by Google rather than by Zoom just not want to do it. Uh, update by Android Central also says that Google is actually going to be going back to using Duo on there. Now this is quite confusing at the moment of how this stands because Google has actually killed off Google Duo. Um, so I'm not too sure if they actually remember that they've killed that feature off. So we're just going to be watching this space to see what actually happens. Now without these video calling features, I have to wonder, is it even worth recommending this speaker any longer? You can get the cheaper ones without the cameras and you can then control your music with your voice. The camera on there to control your device, to be honest, was very limiting. Sometimes when you had the alarm going, you could put your hand up to get it to stop. But usually when I had a timer going and things like that, it's because I was cooking, so it was just easier to shout to it to stop anyway. So at the moment, it is really hard to recommend any of Google's products. Back in July, Google announced that it was going to be selling up its domain business to Squarespace. However, there was no other actual communication from them at the time of saying the exact dates. However, a few days back, 9to5Google has actually noticed that you can no longer buy Google domain names off them. Now, I actually purchased one about a week and a half ago, so this is quite a recent change. So if you are a Google domain customer and you just need now to wait it out for the switch over to Squarespace to be confirmed. Now, 6 p.m. UK time last night, Apple actually released iOS 17 to the public. 
They also released iPadOS 17, tvOS and watchOS updates as well. And there was also HomePod updates on there as well. Now we've done several articles explaining some of the features that you get on there. But one of the main ones I think is a really good feature for everyone to have is the check-in safety feature in messages. So you can actually share your destination with family and friends for a set period of time. So if they're traveling home alone and you want to know that they get somewhere safe, you can actually already track them, but you can actually do it via message. You can just send your location for a set time if you want to keep it private the rest of the time and things like that. And security and things like that I think is really good. Now, there's also the ability to download offline maps if you use Apple Maps. Personally, I don't use it. I use Google Maps just because it is still a really poor experience here in Wales. It actually sends me on a 10-minute detour when I can actually just take a right turn to one of my local Tesco's. It tells me to go down about 10 minutes, use a roundabout and come back. So I've reported that several times over the years, but that's actually never been fixed. So if you are using Apple Maps, you can now use this offline feature, which has been available on Google Maps for quite some time. If you were trying to update last night, you may have found that it was slow and some people reporting that it was just bugging out. That's because obviously you've got thousands of people trying to download it. So I've personally held off uh, updating any devices that's not running the beta at the moment. And we're just gonna see. Now, people have come to me and asked me where the journal app is. Apple isn't actually releasing that with iOS 17. Uh, a few press releases come out after WWDC to confirm that that will be coming in a later release date. So if you are looking for that journal app, it's not you, it's just currently not there. Now, according to Android Authority, during a live stream on the platform X, formerly known as Twitter, Elon has announced that they are in developments to make it a paid experience for everyone. So currently you have to pay, I think it's $8 to get your blue check mark and be able to earn some money and things like that. And he's now saying that the only way they're going to get rid of bots is to make it a paid platform for everyone. Now, he hasn't said how much it's going to cost. Um, personally, if that goes, I'll be kind of happy because I do still use Twitter quite a bit more than I thought I would after he took over. But it's not the, the experience that it was. It's not as enjoyable as it was. So if he does make it pay, then that's perfect for me because that will give me a reason just to leave the platform altogether. I'm on a few different ones. I'm on Threads um i'm on t2 which has now been rebranded as pebble i gotta be fair none of them are as good as what twitter used to be but twitter is so poor now at the moment it's just easier just not to be on social media platforms um i've actually taken to discord a lot more and i i'm a lot more active on there as well so if you do want to jump on a Discord channel, let me know and we can sort something out. We do have one set up that's currently not really in use, but I'll be happy to get that going if there's enough users on there. Amazon seems to be having more Prime Day deals than anything in previous years. And this year they've said that they're going to be doing one on October 10th and 11th. However, according to Apple Insider, there are some amazing deals if you're in the US on some Apple products, you can get them early. So if you are looking to get the Apple Watch Series 8 GPS model, you can pick one up for $309, you're saving yourself $90. They've got an iPad Pro 12.9 inch at $999. You've got the iPad Air 5 M1 chip at $679. Apple AirPods Max in green at $477. Now, I actually wouldn't recommend anybody get an AirPods Max at the moment because they're not getting some of the new features of the AirPods Pro. So hopefully Apple will be updating that line soon. So I, like I say, it, it is a saving, but I certainly wouldn't recommend that one. There is a $2 cost more if you want to go for other colors other than green. 
They've also got a MacBook Air 15 inch at $1,099 and a MacBook Pro 14 inch with the M2 chip at $1,799. You can get a four pack of AirTags at $88.99, Apple Pencil second generation at $89, Apple Magic Keyboard for the 11 inch iPad Pro at $249. So there are some savings if you are in the market. I haven't looked at UK deals at the moment. Uh, maybe by the time I get the next podcast episode out, I'll have some prices on there for you. Mobile network operator EE is in the process of testing switcher off of 3G data. Now, the UK government and all mobile phone providers have agreed a phase-out plan for existing 2G and 3G signals by 2033. And this is a move to try and free up more spectrum for 4G and 5G networks. And so the operator said that they did a test where they did a switch off in Warrington and it resulted in no customer complaints about network coverage or performance and no capacity issues either for the 2G or 4G networks. Now, the operator has previously said that they will be keeping the 2G for a little bit longer because things like smart meters actually rely on 2G. So that will take a little longer to roll out. EE will also be keeping all its customers registered as vulnerable, connected by offering a free 4G-ready mobile phone or a discount on a monthly plan if they prefer. On Monday, Microsoft said it had taken steps to correct a massive security breach that they exposed 38 terabytes of private data. The leak was discovered on the company's AI GitHub repository and is said to have been inadvertently made public when publishing a bucket of open source training data. It also included a disk backup of two former employees' workstations containing secrets, keys, passwords, and over 30,000 internal Teams messages. The repository named Robust Models Transfer is no longer accessible. Prior to its takedown, it has featured source code and machine learning models pertaining to a 2020 research paper titled Do Adversely Robust ImageNet Modules Transfer Better? Now, the exposure came as a result of an overly permissive SAS token, which is an Azure feature that allows users to share data in a manner that is both hard to track and hard to revoke. And the issue was reported to Microsoft on June the 22nd. It has been out there for some time. Now, Microsoft does say that an investigation found that no evidence of unauthorized exposure to customer data was out there and no other internal services were put at risk because of the issue. But obviously, if I was a customer, I'd be a bit wary because companies have said in the past that nothing was exposed. You don't need to take any action. And then a few weeks later, it's, oops, yes, we've made a mistake, change all your passwords. So if you are a customer of Microsoft, then do with that information as you will. Well, that's it for today, guys. Stay tuned for a little clip on my review on Elon Musk book as well. And that is coming from my Journal of a Geek episodes as well. For the past few days, I've been reading the Elon Musk book by Walter Isaacson. Now, Walter Isaacson actually wrote a book on Steve Jobs, and it proved quite popular with many people. And I decided to give this a go. Now, I read a book on Elon Musk by Ashley Vance in the past, and I found it was an interesting book. And obviously, it only went up until a certain point, And things have changed since then with him taking over Twitter. And so I want to give this book a go just to see... Uh, how it was. Now, if you've already read the book by Ashley Vance, the very beginning few chapters by the book 
uh, is actually covered the same by Walter Isaacson. So obviously history doesn't change. And then he goes on to where he took over Twitter and things like that. Now, the book itself is an interesting read. There are quite a lot of chapters, but they are a lot shorter. What I did find is they didn't really go into a lot of depth. There wasn't a lot of meat on there, as we would say. And it's difficult to say I enjoyed the book. Looking back at the history of Elon Musk, he is definitely uh, an incredibly intelligent person and he's made some really interesting business decisions that actually have paid off dividends for him. Um, but as a person, as time has gone on and I think as he's become richer, people have just been afraid to say no to him and things like that. And he's just become more of a, a spoiled brat, if you would really. Now I know that's my personal opinion, but that's what I've found when I've come to actually reading this book. I would recommend it to anyone who is interested on Elon Musk's story. It doesn't matter if you're a fan or not a fan of him. I think either way, it is definitely an interesting read. But my takeaway is some of the things that was covered in this book, uh, I did actually forget about, even though it was covered in the media, because since he's been all about taking over Twitter, he's been in the news constantly, and that's where he likes to be. He likes to be the forefront center of attention. And the way he treated people is absolutely disgusting. The way he treated journalists who will just oppose him and things like that. Uh, and yeah, it just makes me realize how much of a, a person I would not want to associate myself with. And obviously, it's just time will tell how things with Twitter goes. Now, where he is saying that he is probably going to be charging people for Twitter, the likelihood of him backtracking on that is quite high. He often says a lot of things, such as self-driving cars are only a year away, and he's been saying that for years. Uh, and then he said he's going to do things with Twitter and then backtrack later on when he raises it's not going to pay out dividends for him. So it'll be interesting to see... Uh, where he goes and I'm sure in another five or ten years we'll be seeing another book about him and covering the things between now and then so I definitely recommend checking that book out it is available in print or audio form as well